revival for the things of God. And so we need to continue to, to pray about that and pray for them. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Exodus. We're going to be in the second chapter. And if I would have asked you uh, before that video if you could have named Joseph's or Moses' mother, would anybody have known the answer? It's kind, of, it's kind of like one of those things that we don't really talk about a whole lot. I think a lot of people would say Miriam because we hear more about Miriam. Miriam is actually, of course, Moses' sister that we saw there. But his mother's name was Jochebed. And um, her name is actually not mentioned in what we're going to read this morning in this second chapter of Exodus. She's only mentioned two times in Scripture, and it's in... The Old Testament books of Exodus, uh, in Exodus 6, and then she's mentioned again in Numbers 26. And it's the only time that she's named. And so that got me to thinking about the upcoming Lent season. And I think what we're going to do during the season of Lent, which is the, month, the Sundays of March, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to put some questions, biblical trivia type questions out there on social media on Wednesdays when I usually send that out and then in the Friday email we'll have two or three each week and then on Sunday morning before the message we will answer those and we'll see uh, how many of them uh, we can get or in most uh, in, in all cases the idea is that we learn and we learn more about the word and we maybe search the pages of the word to find the answer and of course increase our knowledge and so uh yeah, we'll be doing that in the month of, of March. But Exodus 2 here, we're going to, I've set the context just a little bit. I think that video did a good job of kind of introducing this story to us. But Pharaoh was worried about the um, Israelites multiplying and spreading throughout Egypt. That was starting to happen. And so he made this order that all of the newborn baby Hebrew boys were to be thrown into the Nile River, and killed. And so, that's where we pick up the story here in uh, Exodus 2, with what uh, Moses' mother does and his sister. So let's start reading. We'll read the first uh, ten verses. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But then she could hide him no longer. So she got papyrus, a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me. And I will pay you. And so the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him at, to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. 
The title of my message today is a reference to something that often happens in the world and and in our lives, you know, this uh, cause and effect idea. How is that defined? Cause and effect. Well, in its most simple terms, it's defined as a relationship between actions or events in which at least one action or event is the direct result of others. So, you know, maybe some basic examples of that would be if you don't get enough sleep, then you're going to be tired the next day. Or if you eat too much junk food, you're going to gain weight. If you study for a test, then you'll probably get a better grade. If you are out in the sun too long, then you're probably going to get a sunburn. But there's also a spiritual element to this. One of the key principles of biblical wisdom is the principle of of cause and effect. Which means if we sin and disobey God, then we invite destruction in our life. But if we listen and heed God's wisdom, then we find joy and life and security. We actually saw that last Sunday um, In the passage where Jeremiah was lamenting the fall of Jerusalem. And he was lamenting that fall because the people had been disobedient to God. And they had turned away from the Lord. And so thus they went into exile and and so on. The truth is, you know, the Bible is, is full of these examples. Many of Jesus' parables are really... Great examples of this cause and effect. We heard one of them this morning that was read as about the seed falling on the four different soils. But this also plays into some bigger stories of the Bible, like this one of Moses and, and his mother. If his mother Jochebed had not hid him in the basket among the reeds, then Pharaoh would have had him killed. If Moses had not survived that time, then he would not have been able to fulfill God's will for his life in leading the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land. I think also of the story of, of Joseph. We heard that this morning too, where his brothers you know, sold him to traders that were headed to Egypt. And you know, if, he had not, if that had not happened then Joseph's family would not have been provided for during those years of famine that took place in the land. And so, you know, you see the many many facets of this concept and how it, it plays out or plays into our lives and really into the things of our world. One of the most incredible truths is how the cause or the causes and the effects of sin in our life have been redeemed And forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. If we disobey and sin against God. Then through repentance. Jesus is faithful and just and will forgive us of those sins. But going back to the story of Moses. Here in our main text today. God was looking after the baby and the person that he knew would lead his people to the promised land many years later. 
I mean, if you were, if you were his mother, how confident would you have been doing this? You know, putting your baby in a basket, releasing it into the Nile River. Her options were very limited, of course. You know, if she wanted her son to live. And I wonder how hard it was when she had, when she was finished nursing Moses to give him back to Pharaoh's daughter. I don't know if that occurred to you, but it definitely occurred to me and I thought about that. But I think the Lord put this plan in her mind knowing that he was going to take care of the rest. So, of course, Moses is found by uh, Pharaoh's daughter. His mother gets to nurse him and he grows up in the safety of Pharaoh's family. There's a lot more to that story, of course. Um, perhaps the most memorable part is the one that's on the front of your bulletins this morning. when uh, That time when Moses raises his staff and God parts the Red Sea so that all the people can go through the sea and escape Pharaoh's pursuing army. God will make a way. And many times God will make a way when there seems to us to be no way out or no way through or no way around. We sing that in one of our songs, don't we? He is, he is the way maker. The lesson for us is this. We never know how God might use something in our life to lead us to his purpose for our life or maybe our family sometime or someday down the road. It could be something very difficult that we go through, like this was for Moses and, and his family. It could be something we go through that, that raises more questions in us than we have answers. Or it could be that God is going to use something bad, something wrong, something dishonorable even, and work it out for his good, and maybe even for, for your own good. In the case of Joseph, you know, we heard him say those exact words to his brothers in Genesis 45. He said, it was not you who sent me here to Egypt. It was God. And so what his brothers meant for evil, God turned it to good. That's a whole different way to look at life, isn't it? Instead of getting down and, and depressed and worried we can take it to Jesus and we can, we can say, do with this, Lord, what you will. In order to bring about your will and not my own. Or another way to approach it is to say, call me, Lord. Call me to see how you are going to work through this and, and bring about good. If you ever read much about the life of Mother Teresa, you'll soon realize that that is how she approached life. She approached life in that way. In fact, Eileen Egan uh, worked with Mother Teresa and she worked with the missionaries of charity for over 30 years. And she described Mother Teresa's outlook like this. She said, one day after I had a whole litany of problems, Mother Teresa remarked and said, Everything is a, is a problem. Why not use the word gift? Eileen uh, said that after that, she began to shift her vocabulary when she would talk about things. 
Well, of course, it wasn't too long after that that Mother Teresa and her were, were supposed to fly from Vancouver to New York City. And Eileen was all upset because their trip had been changed, and now they had this long three-hour delay at another airport. And that one, in turn, was going to make them late for their appointment at the convent that they were supposed to visit in New York City. And she said, Mother Teresa, when she found out about that news, she just, she just took her favorite book of prayers, and she calmly just sat down there at the airport and started to read that book or read those prayers. Eileen said, from that time on, um, items that presented disappointments or difficulties would be introduced in a different way. They would be introduced with, we have a small gift here. Or, today we have an especially big gift. You know, we may not always understand why some things happen. We may not understand how, how God is, is going to work through something. But we can trust His faithfulness to be with us and to see us through those circumstances. As a great British preacher, Charles Spurgeon, once said, when you can't trace God's hand, you can trust God's heart. Jochebed hid Moses for three months before she put him in the Nile in the basket. But in, in verse 3, it seems like that plan was starting to become too threatening for Moses' life. At that point, his mom and his mother, or his sister, worked up this plan that seemed kind of risky... But, as I said earlier, it probably was their only alternative if they wanted him to live and be saved. One interesting thing about this story is that uh, we aren't even told the baby's name at the first part of this story. It's some years later that we're actually told that his, his name is Moses when he was living in the house of Pharaoh. Verse 10, it all happens pretty fast there, but in verse 10 it says that Pharaoh's daughter is the one who actually named him Moses when he was older. And it says there that his name means, I drew him out of the water. And as we know, of course, Moses would be connected to water many other times in his life. As we go through his life, he turned the, the water of the Nile River into blood. That was during one of the plagues of Egypt. Um, of course, we know the Red Sea parting. And then, of course, the water that came out of the rock when the Israelites were parched in Exodus 17. The cause and the, the effect that we see in all those cases if, is that Moses was obedient to what God had said. And thus, then, God provided a way or he provided what they needed. There is one case, though, in the book of Numbers, if you read through the whole story of Moses. And in that instance, we see where Moses did not follow God's command. And because of that, it kept him from entering into the promised land years later with Joshua and the others. And I think that's a, a very real reminder for us about the importance of following God's word... And of being obedient to his word in order to experience his blessing and his promises in life.
There are three things that I think we can take from this passage in Exodus and the others that we've heard this morning. The first one is that every life matters. Who knew that Moses was going to be used by God in this way? When his mother went to these great measures to save him, she had no idea of all the things that were ahead for him. And how God was going to use him. And if you think about it, all the stories that we read in our Bibles, in God's word, um, were made possible because of these ten verses here. Not all of them, but a lot of them in the Old Testament. If this had not happened, think about how that would have changed the whole story of the Israelites. Um, you know, God always makes a way. God always has a plan. But God specifically was going to use Moses for many of those things. A couple Sundays ago, we dedicated some children to the Lord here during our worship service. And one of the questions that was asked of those parents is... Do you gladly surrender your child to the ministry that God has in mind for them? They all said yes. But we never know what that might look like in the future. We also never know how God might be ready to turn the life of an adult around for his kingdom. I mean, no one is too far lost that they cannot be found by Christ and saved from their struggle with life. I mean, you know, if Jesus can take a, a tax collector in Matthew and a, a Christian killer in Paul and turn their lives around, he can do it with anyone. And I have heard, and I'm sure you have too, some pretty miraculous stories of, of Jesus delivering someone from the dark pit of addiction and, and darkness and using them in miraculous ways to, to preach and teach and share the light of Jesus with others. So everyone matters to God. We need to remember that and we need to treat others in the way that, that Jesus would treat them. The second thing we can take from these verses today is that every decision matters. To every decision we make in life, there is that cause and effect pendulum. One decision can lead us toward Jesus. Another one can lead us away from Jesus. As Jesus said in Matthew 13, in that parable, a seed that falls on good ground is going to grow roots and it's going to produce fruit. But seed that falls on the rocky ground is going to be scorched and wither away because it doesn't have any roots. God has given us a free will, of course. And that means that God has given us free will to, to decide how these things are going to play out in our lives. Of course, he desires for us to live and have obedience toward him. But he doesn't force that upon us. He does want you to make that decision, though, to follow him. To put him first in your life. And to make godly decisions that will lead you to him and not away from him. Jochebed, she made a decision that mattered. 
And of course, Moses then made decisions that mattered. He also made some bad decisions, which just makes him a little more personal for us to relate to, right? Uh, Joseph made many decisions in his life that mattered. So you see, making godly decisions is essential for those who, who seek to live a life that is pleasing to God. And, and this is an essential part of our Christian walk. It requires us to, to seek God's guidance. It requires us to have a strong moral compass. And then, of course, to trust in His plan for our lives. In Proverbs 3.6... It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And so, you know, that means that we strive to do what is right and to do what is just, even if it is not popular or convenient. And I think, you know, we are faced with that all the time these days. Most importantly, I think we need to avoid the temptation to, to compromise our values for the sake of worldly gain or to just be accepted by people. I think the bottom line, of course, is every decision we make, it needs to reflect God's leading, God's love, God's grace, and God's truth. Our decisions, our decisions need to honor God so that we can be assured that we are living a life that is pleasing to Him. And then the third thing I think that we can take from, this, from these passages today is every step we take in life matters. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says that he runs the race of life and faith with purpose in every step. I mean, there should, there should be a reason and a purpose for what we do, why we do it, and how we do it. Instead of taking leaps of faith, which we often hear that referred to, let's not take leaps of faith, let's walk in faith with every step. Because, you know, we never know how the Lord is going to use one of the steps along our way to shape us and, and maybe even prepare us for what is ahead, something that we cannot see. Some of them may be hard, of course. Some of them might be, be difficult. But you see, those, those steps, the difficult ones, are what create within us the virtues of patience, of of perseverance, and they actually form our faith and our character as we go along in life. Lori Thomason said it this way, and I'm just going to read what she said because it's so wonderful. She said, each wilderness wandered into is an opportunity to know God more, to increase our trust and commitment to Christ. It allows us to test the contents of our heart mind and soul, while disciplining our body to keep up. There is purpose in the wilderness that you may be wandering in today. You don't know if you're going the right way because things don't look like you thought they would. 
The details of your life are not turning out as you expected. There has to be more, so you keep pressing to find your way through. She says, our experiences increase our endurance, especially those that do not make sense. We press harder to get to the other side. We push on the doors of heaven with our prayers and petitions to the Lord. Humility is stumbled upon in the wildernesses of life. It is apprehended by faith when God's people see that there is nothing worth having. Apart from the Lord. And, you know, every step that, that Jochebed, if I say her name enough, we're going to remember that that's Moses' mom's name, Jochebed. Every step that she took in that whole situation, it really mattered. Every step that Moses took mattered. Every step that Joseph took, it mattered. And every step you take towards the Father matters to Him. You know, I was thinking about this in, in my life. And as I look back or think back on my own life, I can name quite a few times that a decision I made about something, a step that I took, you know, in a, in a certain direction, and a choice that I made either to obey or disobey God, had a profound effect or impact on the rest of my life. And it goes back to the cause and effect. Many times we can choose the cause that ends up leading to the effect. And even when the, the cause is sometimes out of our control, we can choose to trust Jesus to bring about his will for our life. And I think, you know, many times when we look back, we can often see what God was up to or, or how God took something bad in our life and brought about good in the end. The Bible's really full of those stories. And I think it's for good reason, because it applies to you and I in our life today. I'm going to end today with some verses that I actually referred to last Sunday because I think it applies once again to all of us. Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In all these things, we are more than conquerors in Him who loved us. Can we stand together? If you're able, let's stand together. Let's say these verses as we end this morning. We're going to say them in unison. Okay, let's join together. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and respond to his word of hope and promise today. Our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We worship you today, Lord.
with reverence and with awe because of who you are. We are blessed that you call us your treasured people. And Lord, help us to love you and worship you, to worship Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Help us to love other people unconditionally in the way that, that you love us. Help us to live our life with the truth that every life matters. Every decision that we make in this life matters. And every step that we take matters. Not only to our life, but it matters to you, Lord. And so I pray uh, that in the examples from Scripture that we have seen this morning of your of your people in God's word, that it would encourage us to keep that in mind as we take every step in our life, that we would keep you first and keep your will and your hope and your promises to us in mind. Lord, we pray that you would uh, take our life and use us, take our heart and mold it into what your will is for each of us. And we pray, Lord, that you would go with us throughout this coming week. And we pray that your blessing would go upon us as we live for you. We pray all of this in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.